0: Welcome everybody back to the last, can you believe it? The last episode of our summer block party. Here we are on the last day of summer. How can we, it it seems like we just dropped a trailer for the summer block party i'm your host chris with me is ryan co-host and can you believe it's already the end of summer ryan
1: yeah it kind of blows my mind it's flown by and these episodes have been so much fun and i'm kind of sad to see it go but i think we have a pretty good discussion here to kind of send it off into the sunset and go into a uh new series coming up in the fall so uh, but I'm ready I'm ready
2: yeah.
0: yeah, good. So yeah, it, it's kind of bittersweet to see the summer block party come to an end. But as you know, next summer, we've got big things in store for that block party as well. But we've got a lot of exciting stuff between now and then for sure. We, we are coming to the end and we've got a great episode here that we're going to just kind of wrap this summer block party up with. But also we've got some exciting stuff to look forward to moving into fall and the spooky season. So you definitely want to subscribe. That way you've got all of the latest content that we're dropping because we're going to drop a lot over the month of October. And you don't want to miss a trailer that gives you a little bit of a sneak peek of what to expect for the fall series that we've got in store for you because it's going to be a good one. So more to come on that. Be looking out. In the next few days, you're going to you're gonna see that trailer drop. That way you kind of know what to expect going into the fall with us. And it is quite entertaining to say the least. But if you didn't catch our last episode, we did a commentary. We dropped a lot of bonus content throughout the summer block party. And we just had a lot of things to talk about. And I think one of the most fun things that we did was we we're both in studio, got to do a watch along Kind of commentary track that just flew by of one of our all-time favorite shows, Back to the Future. So if you haven't caught that yet, definitely check out that episode after you're done listening to this one, because it is it is great. And if you've got a copy of Back to the Future to play along while we're talking, it it just seems to fly by. So definitely check that one out. You can hit us up on all our social media uh, avenues as well, TikTok, Letterboxd, um, everything out there, Facebook, Instagram, it's endless. You can reach us a number of ways. And I mentioned in Letterboxd, there's a lot of reviews that are out there that Ryan continues to drop. So you'll definitely want to check those out because we've got a a slew of films that's going to be reviewed over the month of October and further into the fall as well. So hang tight with us because we got a lot of good stuff. But here we are, the last day of summer, and I just feel like this episode is so fitting for the last day of summer because this was a part of my childhood and and I know yours Ryan and that's where I kind of want to start with this episode because every time I think of summer I and, and kind of moving into fall I think of Pete and Pete
3: can Have you picked your time?
0: And I know a lot of people listening to us may not know the show we're talking about but I know a lot of people that are listening have probably fallen in love with this show too from a young age and even to adulthood the the, the weirdness that that show was on Nickelodeon is just great and I think it's a perfect topic for us to, to wrap up the summer months with as we look into the fall and you know it, it's just something that just feels like end of summer to me so I don't know Ryan what are you your thoughts, and, and what's your earliest memories of the show Pete and Pete? Yeah, I've got uh, so many memories.
1: The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah, uh, Nickelodeon, Aaron, early 90s. It aired from 91 to 1996. Um, short-lived
0: three seasons 34 episodes but before and that I, before yeah before just kind yeah. of just, yeah the, the how it got its start kind of technical stuff it did have 34 episodes it ran for three seasons but it really became like kind of popular and successful with the shorts that it, it yeah. was originally it was like one minute shorts of the adventures yeah. of Pete and Pete two brothers named Pete and they had like 16 of those and then yeah that's what got him five specials, signed up for five specials, and eventually got the three seasons with uh, a total of 34 episodes throughout those three years. So it kind of started from just these one-minute spots in between shows that really gained them the success to become a show in and of itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's how they picked up much popularity. And when it aired early 90s, I I was kind of too young, but you were at that kind of right age. But I remember after it went off air and 96 nickelodeon and especially it was the summer months it was like every summer late 90s i'm talking like 1998 yeah. 1999 2000 so i would have been like nine ten years old but i'll never forget like every summer nickelodeon would air like every day in the summer like all day marathons on a constant rotation of episodes of pete and pete so your typical kid like at my age would be <laughs> outside playing right either yeah. riding a bike. Yeah. Or fishing or whatever, Uh, my lazy butt was in (laughs) in the house, glued to the TV because I really did. I I watched Pete and Pete religiously during the summer. You know, so
0: I was. you, You mentioned me at the right age at that time, but you really young when this came first came out. I was I was like 10, 12 years old right around there. And uh, you know, I remember watching it, but I don't have like vivid memories of when I first kind of seen it on Nickelodeon, but I do remember like back in those days. So you would have been you're you're several years younger than me. Do you remember it? Like when we would have it on TV or, or was it really the memory started later when you were watching those kind of being rerun on these, uh, on well, these specials that they would they would have just back to back? So this is
1: kind of it's kind of yeah, I do like this is a funny memory because uh, I just remember it so vividly. But so you remember in the late late 90s, like early 2000s, when our parents had uh, like a tasty freeze. It Yeah, was, yeah called a tropical snow. Yeah. You know, they made snow cones and they and they actually sold food too.
0: Yeah.
4: There's more Pete and Pete coming up after this.
2: I'd like a Hawaiian Sunday, but I'm not sure what flavor ice. Can you read them to me, please?
3: Me 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 me. There's apricot, peach, lemon, lime, and blueberry. Orange, tiger, blood, blood, apple, grapefruit, raspberry, vanilla, margarita, guava, curry, black cherry, ruby, mango, and a deep fruity banana, cola, candy, apple bubble, gum, pineapple, grapefruit, passion fruit, and zin on, man! Big secret, toasted coconut, ever, melon, strawberry, focka, cherry, and lemon. Plus, mighty strawberry and cream, ginger, mango, and cherry, lemon, rock and roll, and banana. Big lemonade and coconut to choose from. So that's fifty-two great flavors at Tropical Snow.
4: And now back to Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon.
1: But what was interesting about it, it was actually located right, uh, in front of our house where we lived on the highway. So it was just right across the street yeah. and, 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 you know, with those kind of <laughs> you know, like snow cone, tasty freezes, they're, they're open are they're mis-busiest months during the summer. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and if, if you remember, you, you'd spend a couple summers working there. I, I think yeah. you'd help out, and but I was still fairly young, so I couldn't really work. But during the summer, so I always remembered I'd go across the street, and you know, mom would because you guys had we had a microwave back in there. She because uh, most <laughs> nights during the summer, I didn't have home cooked meals, so most yeah. of my meals during the summer nights would be something in the microwave, either frozen pizza or. Or a little tea dinner or something. But I remember some nights, yeah, I'd go over there and get it. But some nights, you know, mom, she'd come over to get something from the house, and she'd bring it over. Yeah. And I would be, like, laying on the, uh, because I'd watch it in the living room, because that's where we had our biggest TV. But I'd be, you know, laying down on the carpet, like just glued to it and i did that oh yeah because it was about every single night they would air a handful of episodes and i remember yeah some weeks they would just air it just it would be on a constant like marathon yeah because some summer months they would have because pete Pete was it it had a and we'll get into it but it really had a summer feel especially some episodes were geared towards the summer because some of these episodes takes place during like their summer vacation and it, that made it so relatable but oh, I, yeah. yeah my my most vivid memories is uh laying on it yeah Clark, uh, laying on the living room floor Watching and
0: marathons of pete and pete in the pretty, summer huh yeah it, that was summer. that was definitely an interesting time we we definitely had a unique Experience with that small business right across the street from us, and I I do a show with our nephew uh, called the Whatever Podcast, and uh, you know, so our sister would help work as well, and then I would help some, and during the the summer times, like Preston would be with us too, like we would be watching him at times because he's even younger than you, so he was real (laughs) little, yeah, he was real little at the time. So, yeah, we had, like, little snow cones, but also it was kind of a tasty freeze, really. It had it had ice uh-huh. cream, sundaes, and and foods like coney dogs and, and nachos and stuff like that. And it stayed really busy for a few months over the summer. And I remember even, like, my summers, like, I would do, like, produce, sell produce and stuff, like, at <laughs> yeah. the picnic tables out in front of it during the day because it opened – like in the evening times, because both our parents worked jobs. So During it was day, like, yeah. yeah, it was at night. <laughs> our dad would take uh, big frozen blocks of ice because you have to freeze freeze water <laughs> yeah. to these blocks so you can shave it into a snow cone. And it was yeah. like this routine that was just every night through the summers. It was everybody had a routine because yeah. of, of this small business that was done. But it was, like, exhausting. I know, like, super exhausting for them. But it was, as a kid during those times, it was, like, some of the funnest times of, like... You, could, you couldn't you could even imagine, like, how crazy. It was the hustle and bustle of, of all this happening. And it only happened for, like, what, three months out of the year, I guess? kind of extended into fall a little bit, I guess, with some of the yeah. sales of other stuff. But then it finally tapered off. So it was, like really really busy and and had all this stuff going on for a few months and then it will like calm down uh but it defined our summers for a little while there and i can see how that and with what you were watching with pete and pete because that's what it pete and pete was it was like a story this weird story or this weird show that was kind of like the wonder years of the time but it was like weird and it was like through the eyes and it had had the narrator like big Pete would always be talking about just like be the narrator of the story but also little Pete would be kind of chiming in it was it was the life of these two brothers where one's still young and is is still a child being little Pete but then big Pete's kind of in that transition period where he's like thinking about adulthood, still wanting yeah. to be a kid, but stuck in that transition. And that's what the show was about, like little Pete trying to keep hint his brother as his friend and still a child, yet big Pete yeah. changing and finding an interest in other things that aren't childhood things. So it was like this story that was, I, I want to quote uh, one of the creators of it, Will McRobb, And I've got a few things that I want to share that came from a documentary that we got called The Orange Years that we mentioned earlier on in one of our pickup uh, episodes earlier in the season. But he said it was telling a story the way kids tell stories. It's like this stream of consciousness with bursts of images and half-complete thoughts. It, It was like that is the perfect way to describe what this show was, because he said underneath it all was a layer of of deep nostalgia, but on top of all of that, it was filtered through a very fractured mindset of a narrator. And it was pretty, like, it was off off the wall with some of the things, but, like, you could tell there was deep thought in this older brother named Pete And he was always looking out for his younger brother, and his younger brother always seeing his bigger brother as being kind of his best friend. And you see these adventures that happen and play out on all these episodes, but it's like, wow. As you look back on that show as an adult, it was like, it is very strange, but they have a lot of good points throughout all the shows, too. Yeah, big Big Pete played by Michael Morona. Yeah.
1: yeah, he it I always felt like he was in like, yeah, just he was stuck in a weird spot. Like he was too young to hang out with like the older kids, but then he was like too old to hang out with his little brother Pete because yeah. he was a couple. It, it, they they it almost felt like they were both at the time at the same age you and me were because yeah. when the show started. Little Pete was probably uh, seven, eight yeah, years old. I think
0: he was eight in that yeah. show when it, and, got, and, it got
1: started. And, and when it started. And then Big Pete was probably 13 or 14. Because if you see at the end of the series, I think he's like starting high school, I guess. Yeah. He was six. So there's probably a good five or six years between. And that's the exact like age between you and me. So actually, that's how I really related to the show was honestly their uh, relationship and the relationship that I had. Had with you and still have with you, but yeah. the relationship growing up, I always felt, I always looked at, at their their relationship as brothers. Always, it always had an impact on like me and how how we um, kind of grew up together. Yeah, and but but yeah, there he especially Big Pete when, when you were talking about him with his narrow narration, he did. You could tell in some of those episodes, like he wanted to like such great like deep thinking and like and, and, and it could have been like he didn't there's some things that just went unexplained yeah but you would just watch it and you would accept it like there was things where he wouldn't like go into detail or he wouldn't explain it all but it was there and For some reason, the audience just, you had to accept it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it left left spaces for you to kind of continue to think about what was happening or playing out and then left some of it up for interpretation, too, for you to kind of build the story or carry on the story because it took different turns. But yeah, it did make you feel like, like we've talked so many times with a lot of the great movies. We just talked about it on our, our commentary of Back to the Future. It's like some of these like movies and TV shows, especially when they're centered around like younger kids or brothers or like like close friends. Yeah, you think of the Goonies and, and a lot of these shows, it just takes you on an adventurous ride and it's like you never want it to end because you you just kind of see yourself being part of that story too and you want to you want to just kind of live in that atmosphere that they're creating on screen and it just takes you away for whatever it is two hour movie or or 24 minute show or my gosh even like the one minute Uh, Shorts that they did, even early on, like that, it was like, man, there's something here, and I think that is what is successful about movies, and I think that is what has made Pete and Pete so successful all these years later. Because you hear uh, adults now that were kids then that talk about all these great memories, and still how creative they 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 talk about how how creative Pete and Pete was back in that time in the '90s on Nickelodeon, and really. How amazing it was to have this kind of show on Nickelodeon back then, too. You know something's kind of going to be weird and interesting, entertaining. When they're rolling through the credits at the beginning and they introduce a tattoo on an eight-year-old's arm as a character or give credit to, that was Petunia and credit to the mom's plate in her head as they show an x-ray and say it's mom's plate. You know something's off here, but it like just grabs you at that point, let alone the music that was in it and the in the song, theme song that you hear as soon as Big Pete kind of shares kind of what to expect a little bit in the episode and then it kicks to Polaris playing hey sandy. It was just a very creative show that they put together and one that has lasted with me and I can sit down today and kick it on and be entertained by. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those classics. I think that sticks around with you once you watch it, especially if you watched as a young kid that just carries on even into adulthood. Yeah. What I love
1: probably more than anything about the show is the things that you just mentioned that are unexplained because I think if they would have explained it, like I wouldn't have accepted it and it ruined it for me. Like I love how you, you have no idea why an eight year old boy has a tattoo of a (laughs) mermaid on his forearm. You have no idea how their (laughs) mom got a plate in her head. I got the best
0: one for you. Yeah,
1: You have no idea why a middle-aged man is (laughs) supposed to be a superhero to an eight year old boy. Hey, hey, not just a
0: superhero, the strongest man in the world.
3: You've been rump riding the sofa for the last half hour watching TV. Now it's time to get up and get strong with your personal trainer (laughs) Artie. The strongest man in the world. (laughs) It's the Artie workout. Let's start with aerobics. To get his blood going, Artie likes to warm up with a brief aerobic workout. Follow along. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. For the Dutchlanders, twelve. Your lungs, your heart, your tonsils. Aerobics the Artie way makes everything feel good. Next, let's work on your upper body. Here's an exercise everyone can do right at home. First, grasp your house by the corner, like so. Bend your knees and lift in an upward direction. I'm Jack Mullane. All right. Lifting your house, or your neighbor's house, is great for your upper abs. Look at the work, puny viewer. Look at the work! Finally, Artie recommends running. It's the most power-building exercise there is, and the true test of your competitive edge. It's coleslaw for you, worthless green head. <laughs> Here. Here. Mark, think rotten <laughs> 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 carriage. Get set. <laughs> <Aussie> salad stuffer. <laughs> Cabbage goes down. So remember the Arty workout aerobics, lifting, running, and of course, don't eat metal. Don't eat metal! You all can't be superheroes, but you can be fit just like Arty. The strongest man in the world Yeah <laughs> And now on to the beat's next adventure
1: Exactly <laughs> like if that show was on today, like people would be weirded out and wouldn't understand <laughs> that dynamic. But back then, when Nickelodeon aired that, you just kind of like accepted it and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because like, I felt like Artie, yeah, the superhero Artie was like Little Pete's imaginary friend that everybody could see, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He was his protector. And I don't know. Yeah. It is weird that this 30 year old guy, probably mid 30s, is hanging out with an But his acting chops, his character, like he just. I mean, he excelled on the screen. Like, oh yeah, that was one yeah. of those great sub character or uh, supporting characters.
0: Yeah. Him when when he would burst into any of the episodes uh, yeah. on his scene, it was like you. There was just so much energy that entered into that yeah. scene, but from collar, from just how energized the guy was, and yeah, he he brought a lot yeah. to the show for sure. Yeah. he he took over any scene and he got in, and then
1: another great supporting character is Stu, Stu the bus driver.
4: Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our traveling traveling time will be approximately 60 60 minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered
3: life. Thank
0: you. Oh, yeah. Like, yep.
3: he was one
1: that, like, the two Pete and Pete's, like, they um, were kind of close to him because Stu, there was an episode where, like, he was dealing with relationship issues. And you hear you had these two young kids, in Little Pete and Big Pete, trying to fix this guy's fractured relationship. Like, yeah. he's trying to get advice from, like, an eight year old with a 13 year old. It's just <laughs> stuff like that makes you, like, really uh, want to watch because getting, um, like life advice, like because I, I love Big Pete, because he narrated like the opening of every episode. Yeah. So that's what made me really glued to the episodes, and just him because you are you're not only seeing life through his eyes, but he's explaining growing up at that age, and that is that's one of the most kind of most awkward stages of life growing up is that the age that Big Pete was in, because you're just right there on the cusp of adulthood, but yet you're still, you you still want to be a child. Yeah, inside. well, and,
0: and you've seen that from the shorts, like uh, with Pete, because he was pretty young in the shorts, and like on several of those, he's, he talks about Ellen, which Ellen was like his best friend, yeah. and he's he's like, Ellen, you're a girl and a friend, but you're not a girlfriend.
2: This is my brother Pete, and this is his type too nobody knows how he got it all we know is this when he flexes and the tattoo lady does a little dance mom faints that's why pete has to wear a long sleeve shirt even in the summer
4: the adventures of
2: pete and pete Dying pete pete's brother pete and introducing ellen as pete's girlfriend listen you're a girl and you're a friend but you're not a girlfriend today's adventure freeze tag ever play stocking head freeze tag it's pretty much like regular freeze tag except everybody wears stockings on their heads. Once when we were playing, we forgot to unfroze my brother Pete, and he stayed out all night. He looked so majestic, I didn't know what to do. So I invited Ellen over Hmm. for some pudding. Maybe you could use him as a human sundial. That's what they do in Africa. Use who as a sundial? (gasps) Pete! Dad had a hard time unfreezing him, but when Mom started to cry, his tattoo began to twitch, and we knew he was okay.
0: And you, you kind of seen that change over time with them, too, because he was going through that transitional period of his life as a young boy, kind of growing into a young man at the time. And you've seen that transition with him in that show. Yeah. And it it makes you really
1: like like think and wonder about like your own life and existence and um the friends that you make because i know talking about those summers watching it like i would especially some episodes where like little pete is hanging out with all his friends and they're um, either riding bikes or yeah or yeah. playing like flashlight tag but i'll never forget like i would try to like um, <laughs> i've tried to recreate some of that stuff in my own life i know it yeah. sounds kind of weird and crazy but i would because like i I just, I wanted to be them or hang out with them. Like I wanted to experience their childhood Yeah, because like, because they took like, because if you think about it, like look at the name of the town, like Wellsville. It's like a typical, normal, small town Americana, like nothing exciting happens, but yet they make the ordinary seem e- extraordinary. Like they would make the littlest things like be, they would it'd be over the top, you know?
0: Yeah. So in, if you look like, uh, Describing Wellsville, it, it's a fictional town. But if you read like Wikipedia about where is where is this fictional town supposed to be set in, here's what it says kind of about the setting. So Wellsville is a, fi- a fictional town in the U.S. whose exact geography is never specified. The license plates yeah. in the show refer to the Sideburn State, and according to <clears throat> the ser- to the series canon, the Wrigley House is set miles from the Canadian border. 500 miles from the hoover dam and not far from the beach so it's like uh it just gave yeah, you the sense like, it could be anywhere
1: yeah 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 you're right all, all those different like uh locations like it could it could in, be like anywhere Yep. and but for for me personally i always want to Think or tell people that was in the Midwest just because
0: of the opening, the opening because of the the fall leaves. and Yeah, it could be because it gives you those. That's what I said, like opening the show, because it gives you like those summer vibes. And one of the episodes I really want to get to here in just a second is around summer and summer ending. And I always felt like Pete and Pete was that it was like the hot summer. Um, and huh. it, you could see that in the episodes too. Like there'd be episodes where they're pouring sweat and the episode <laughs> yeah. you just talked about, I think is the Nightcrawlers episode where they night, yeah. like try to stay up for 11 all days night. without ever going <laughs> to sleep. I think the episodes like the parents are taking over or like they've got control yeah. over them and the kids want to prove that the parents don't have control and they can stay up yeah. all night for however long they wanted to. Well, like Pete makes it 11 days and then it just like crashes.
2: Every night, when you're sound asleep, something strange happens. Not only do your eyeballs keep moving even though your eyes are closed, but the world keeps moving too. Somewhere far away, kids you'll never meet are climbing trees, riding bikes, and melting garter snakes while you're fast asleep. Maybe that's what bugs my brother Pete. While he's stuck in bed, the world keeps going on without him. It's as if millions of kids got a head start in a race. And Pete never had a chance to catch up. Which was exactly the way our mom wanted to keep it. That's why every night at precisely 9 o'clock... A Wrigley Nightly Ritual Begins.
4: Honey, it's bedtime. Why? Because it's nine o'clock, and that's what time growing boys go to sleep.
2: Mom's first reason for making Pete go to bed was always the easiest to counter. After all, what is there, some international chart that dictates what time all ten-year-olds should go to bed? But why nine o'clock? Why not 9:11 or
4: 9:42? <clears throat> Do we have to go through this every night?
2: I just want to know why. Because nine o'clock is your
3: bedtime. But why?
2: And that's when she'd say the six deadly words that make every kid's guts boil.
3: Because I said so. That's why.
2: And just like that, it's over. But one night, as I watched my brother climb the stairs to his bedroom cell, I knew that it was more than just time for bed. It was time for Pete to shatter adults' grisly grip of power on the world and free kids everywhere. (sighs)
0: So, <laughs> yeah. it, but it like gives you that sense of, yeah, it, it felt like night. And then in the fall, you see the, the leaves turn and you see, it, it just gives you that Midwest well, feeling of like yeah. what our surroundings are going from transitioning well, from summer into fall. And then one of my favorite episodes is like the final episode of the series and it's called Saturday.
1: And it's about Stu, the bus driver, fighting with a traffic signal, and there's like <laughs> snow, snow outside. So yeah. if there's snow on the ground, you 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 have to think it must be the Midwest.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I always felt watching it, and I still feel the same way today. It's like, yeah, that could be our town. That could be Indiana. That could be where we're at I because it to- gives gives you all those uh, senses and all of those seasons within the show over those three seasons so yeah i I think it's great the episode i want to talk about a little bit uh is kind of what i felt like man this is the perfect episode for now for us to talk about because it 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 talks about the transition of the end of summer into fall and it opens with big pete narrating and he says how
3: do
2: you know the summer is really and truly over My dad says it's over precisely one second after midnight on September 21st. My friend Ellen says it's over the moment you start thinking about whether to buy a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook for school. But for me, the way I know the summer is a goner is when my brother Pete and Artie, the strongest man in the world, go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. They're not crazy, just angry. That the summer has to end. I know exactly how they feel. Every year it seems like the summer is over about 10 seconds after it
0: started, especially this summer. Ah! Ah! And one of the characters that's highlighted in this episode um, is. Mr. Tasty and he was another yeah. character that was like in oh, some yeah. of the episodes but it was like this mystery man that was in this uh little like uh ice cream truck that would come into town. And he had this he was dressed up like a big ice cream cone <laughs> yeah. like with an ice cream cone like big helmet on his head so all the kids were like who is Mr. Tasty? Do you remember this episode? Oh yes. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> my favorite. Let me tell you the whole story. It all started here, at the quick-pick
2: booth where Ellen worked part-time for her Uncle Lou. Thank you, and have a quick a day! What a job! It was hot, you had to wear this pukey polyester, plus there was nowhere to go to the bathroom. You just had to hold it in. Outside of licking dirt for a living, it was easily the world's deadliest job. Then, one day, she stumbled across a clue a clue that could unravel the summer's greatest mystery. Right in this envelope is our one chance to find out Mr. Tacy's true identity. Open it before somebody comes. I can't. Come on. It's totally against the rules. Rules bite. Pete, don't. It was like opening the sacred tomb of King Tut as Pete peeled back the flap and revealed the secret life of Mr. Tasty
3: Wow
2: All in all, they were pretty ordinary photos, except for one thing He never took off his swirly head. He's gotta take it off Nope Not here Hey, the Statue of Liberty Look at this one Sure looks lonely, doesn't he? Yeah, it's weird How could he not have any friends? Foot Maybe he doesn't have any friends. I don't know. Maybe he
3: does. Who? Us.
1: Yeah, because, like, part of I don't know somewhere in that episode where they're trying to find him because like he knows the summer's over
0: as well. Yeah. Where character. does he go? Where does he go? Yeah. That's what they where, want to find. Yeah. Where
1: though. does he go? Where, yeah. Where does he go at the end of the summer? So they kind of stalk him a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause like Ellen's working, uh, film. Like, hub, yeah. Photo. Like when you'd have yeah, film, but, you'd take picture, you take yeah. it in, you'd get it processed. You get your pictures back. Yeah. So in, hut, yeah. yeah, they she worked one of these, and they had a packet of pictures that Mister Tasty had dropped off to develop. And they're like yeah. Pete, little Pete's like get Pete and Pete, or both of them really. He's like, let's look at him. Maybe it gives us uh, some insight into yeah. the mystery of Mister Tasty. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's against protocol. Well, little Pete's like, no, I'll give it here. And he starts ripping them out, and they start looking through these pictures. And then that's when it kind of cuts to like their memories through the summer with Mr. Tasty and trying to keep him from leaving for the summer. Cause that's what the story was about too. It's like, no, we don't want him to go. We want him to stick around. Yeah. And it's like all of these things you kind of lose as summer comes to an end. And as you transition into fall, the, the ice cream truck being one of them in that yeah. episode is, is one thing that they would lose. Yeah.
2: There was nothing left to do. He probably had found himself a new town where nobody knew how lonely he was our search for Mr. Tasty had come to a close. Pete refused to give up his post at first, but one chilly night in early September, See ya, Tasty. he left the board for good. Occasionally, I would walk by the Tasty phone, but all I expected to find was maybe some loose change. It was hopeless. The signs that the summer was ending, were all around us.
3: Back to tan with you, Stinky! We will battle next year! Whew.
2: Finally, late one afternoon, there was nothing left to do but close the command center once and for all. Sorry, we're closed for the day could you please mr tasty hey kiddos mr tasty you're back where were you
4: where i think you know where i was ellen right i saw this on a telephone pole outside biloxi and this one near duluth seems everywhere i went (laughs) there i was
2: why did you come back
4: oh i had to i wanted to uh pick up my photographs
2: Oh, yeah, they're right here. I guess, you know, we
4: looked at them. I kind of figured you did. How'd they turn out? Oh, hey, you ever been to the Statue of Liberty? You should go. I pretended a blue tornado bar was the torch. I
2: wish it was.
4: Me too.
2: We missed you, Mr. Tasty.
4: Please, don't say that.
2: But why is it so terrible?
4: Because... Every year, on this day, the summer ends, and I always have to say goodbye. It's hard enough without having you kiddos missing me. Then don't go. I have to, Pete. I'm an ice cream man. I am what the summer is. Fireflies, thunderstorms, butt sweat on the car seat. And when it
2: all goes,
4: I have to go with it.
2: Couldn't you just stay a little bit longer?
4: Well, I'll tell you what. There's a little daylight left. What do you say, you kiddos help me wax the Tasty-mobile?
2: Didn't you say that was a one-man job? Not anymore. I guess we thought if we just kept waxing and waxing, maybe Mr. Tasty would never leave. But when the sun finally set, it was time for him to go. Okay, kiddos, come
4: on. I got a long drive ahead of me.
2: Now, don't worry. I'll be back.
4: First hot day, like always. Um, till then, I was wondering... Yeah? Um, could I get a shot of all of us together? Would it mean a lot to me?
2: Sure. Great. No one knows who he is or where he comes from and probably no one ever will. I guess some things are supposed to stay a mystery. All we know is that he's more than just an ice cream man. We're more than just his customers. When it comes to people missing you, it's really not that terrible at all.
1: like a medical or something because as long as they know mr takes around then the summer's still here it's still going so i really feel like when he leaves it's like a big omen that oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) summer is over and we got to go back to school so yeah it was very um highly entertaining episode but it was really yeah like it really kind of went deep into how they felt about especially the summer
0: yeah and then uh, being able so when we fall back setting the hour back it's like time travel is what they they look <laughs> yeah. at it like little Pete's like oh I get an extra an extra hour to re- repeat that hour again so it's like he he goes back in time because they get to set their clocks back it's uh, what was the name of that episode time travel I think
2: some rat fink takes away that extra hour and your fading memories of summer finally disappear some people get sad But not my brother Pete. He knows that on that famous hour-sucking day, you get to time travel. In the spring, you spring forward. But in the fall, you fall back. That means that at midnight, you get to go back in time and live the same hour twice. To celebrate this wobble in the time warp, Pete and I always spend that legendary hour doing something, well, legendary. It's a time-honored tradition, but this year, I just forgot. I guess I had more important things on my mind than traveling into the past. I was thinking about the future. This is the day.
3: Sure is.
2: It's one of those days when you feel you could... right with your foot.
3: There's less gravity.
2: Yep. Yeah. Pete. I'm gonna do it. After all these years of wondering, I'm gonna pick up the phone, dial Owen's number, and say, "Let's go out on a date tonight."
0: Yeah. So yeah. there were always. Yeah. So dealing with like summer and time travel, and even um, I was I was trying to think of different episodes that you already mentioned one that I put on the list, Night Crawlers. That one was a classic yeah. episode of them trying to fight this. like being able to stay up all night. I remember as a kid, it's like you would try to do that. Like, oh, we're (laughs) going to stay up all night. And you'd end up crashing at like three in the morning or something. But I mean, these are things kids all think of.
3: This is for the Olympics. It's all just a part of growing up Alex and a part of a brand new season of the secret world of Alex Mack. Tuesday and Thursday nights at eight, seven central right here on Nickelodeon. Next on Nickelodeon, it's the adventures of Pete and Pete, followed by Are You Afraid of the Dark? We'll be right back after these messages. Nickelodeon presents Space Cases! The case for running the ship. I guess you could say leading the crystals in my blood. It's not easy avoiding spawn kill cruiser attacks, but I come
2: from a long line of commanders. It's tough work, a lot of responsibility, and let's face it, we're
3: not home yet. But when we do get there, maybe I'll hook up with another ship and star dog my way to the top. That
2: will look good trying.
3: <laughs> Join Harlan at the helm on space cases today at 6.30, 530 Central.
4: whoa, oh, it's back! That's crazy craving for
3: honeycomb! Honeycomb, honeycomb! We want honeycomb! Yeah, honeycomb. Yeah. I can see it now. Honey Honeycomb so sweet and crunchy. Sweet and crunchy. And crunchy. Like toasted uh, Honey. 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 That's it, honey. Yes. Anyone? Honeycomb now. I mean, let's get
4: some. Honey gold was part of this nutritious breakfast.
3: hang <laughs> hey, um.
0: Another uh couple episodes that I was kind of thinking about too, they they did some like uh holiday type specials where they have Halloweeny, oh, yeah. where they try to get as many, trick-or-treat as many houses as they can. And then ag- again, that episode's like the transitional Big Pete not really wanting to do trick-or-treating, getting too old yeah. for it, but then he takes the challenge to try to get as many as him and little Pete can trick or treat by the end of the night. He ends up falling back to his kid's, kid ways a little bit and uh, coming alongside his brother to try to get as many houses, I, th- I think, try to break the record for as many houses as they could trick or treat.
2: Once a year, like the leaves, it comes. A magical night when bedtimes disappear. And identities change. Trick or treat! When the ghouls and goblins of our souls are set free to roam the night and scarf candy. For the true believers, Halloween is the ultimate holiday. For me, it's the ultimate dork holiday. Halloween is for Halloweenies.
3: Ah, gotcha! You blinked.
0: Wrong.
2: Pete thinks I'm the weenie for not believing anymore. What happened to my Halloween spirit? Where did it go? And once it's gone, can it ever return? Pete and I were about to find out. And the answers would either save Halloween or destroy it forever.
0: And then the other one, I don't know if I had actually seen, or I can't remember it very well, but I know they did a Christmas episode. I don't know if that was one of the specials or if that was an actual episode. Do you remember? It was Oh Christmas Pete. Everyone knows that the best day of the year is Christmas.
2: Your home is homier, the food is tastier, and the spirit of giving is everywhere. A flamethrower!
3: How'd you know?
2: You can use it to clean our room. <laughs> but every year, before you can say fa la 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 Christmas is over. And your holly jolly spirit it's packed away for another 12 months But in a town called Wellsville All that changed one year When one kid said
3: Christmas list!
1: Yeah, that was not an, an actual episode Yeah, that was in um, What I season, think
0: season was that in? Uh, was that like one of the last was it third season I think it might have been the second season okay. yeah that was it
1: I remember it being an actual episode now they did have a short that was Christmas related Maybe but they actually okay. ended up, they ended up having a Christmas episode yeah I think it was season two
0: Yeah, the but, and, and another, uh, another big one that I was thinking of when we were talking about Artie is when little Pete gets kind of in a transitional stage to where he's getting a little too big for Artie to be his imaginary superhero, and he has to go find a younger kid, another younger Pete kind of kid, that he can come alongside and help him out. So the episode I'm talking about with that one is Farewell, My Little Viking.
3: (laughs) Artie, you should have been there! I Paper Cut. It was great! It was like you were there, with me! I can feel you there! Where were you? What happened to you? Artie!
4: What is it? Well, I... had a thing I did... For you and me...
2: for years. Artie had something to tell, Pete. It wasn't just the story of being tricked by Dad, or hired by McFlemp, or working for 10% commission. It was the story of a superhero and a kid who ruled at Dodgeball waltzed the lunar landscape and beat up the Atlantic Ocean. Until one day, the kid finally learned all there was to learn from his friend. And it was time for the superhero to move on.
4: Not the same.
2: And you are a different Viking now. Yes, I have to go.
0: No! Yes.
2: Everything
4: you need to learn is in here. Out there is some boy who needs me. He's small. He, he's beauty. like he were.
3: But Artie, you're my best friend.
4: I always will be, my little Viking.
3: But, but will I ever see you again? <laughs>
4: Worry not, boy. Worry
3: not. For I am urgent, the strongest man. Uh, uh, for the world. Uh. I'll
4: leave the light on
1: for you.
2: No, son I'm gonna miss that mutant
0: that one yeah that one was I you know it was so like uh kind of heartfelt episode I guess for oh, yeah. seeing little Pete realizing he's transitioning to being older as well yeah. and he has to start kind of fending for himself because he's not gonna have his superhero strongest man in the world around to help him anymore
1: yeah yeah they and what kind of yeah about episode. it was yeah, a big like it was like a two-part episode i think but yeah there
0: were two parts of that made
1: one. their yeah but what made their like relationship great was just like i mean they made like the comedy of the show like with with already like you said when he'd come into the scene he was so over the top especially just not from his uh, like outfit or wardrobe but like his delivery of lines and the way he spoke yeah. and and it felt like, yeah, if he was leaving, and he did, he did leave. It was the end of, um, that was the end of season two because season three, I don't, yeah, I don't believe already. I don't think he appeared in one episode, did he? In the final
0: season, I don't no, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. So it kind of left, yeah, kind of a big void in the show because, yeah, they, they, they just had this, yeah, just such a weird, weird, weird relationship. But, but you're right, like, and and. It, the way they explain that how he had to fi- like already had to find another little pete to protect and whatever um that's kind of how i think yeah like the audience and and people watching the show that's kind of how i accepted like even though that's a strange weird kind of <laughs> dynamic but it i accepted it like i it, it, you just it, that was what it is what it is and that's how the show was and i never questioned it at all but like um it was you're right it was it was real um Kind of sad to see that uh, duo break up because um, how did they just? They had so many just memorable moments uh, in so many different episodes.
0: Yeah, the other one uh, that I uh, jotted down that came to came to memory as I was thinking back of of all the good ones. Do you remember the call episode? It was like this payphone oh, just kept ringing and ringing yeah, and had actually, for like years. It had just rang and rang and yeah, rang. Have- this is Wellsville,
2: my hometown. In a lot of ways, Wellsville is like most towns in America. The streets are safe, the mail almost arrives on time, and the ice cream man knows just how to beat the summer heat. But there's one thing about Wellsville you won't find in any other town, and it's something that makes us tremble in fear. It's a phone. A seemingly ordinary payphone that's been ringing for 27 years. Why doesn't someone answer it? Everybody has a theory. Hey,
4: you get within five feet of that baby and... It's liquid brains. Not me, Chief. I heard that when you answer it, you learn the exact day, hour, minute, and second that you die.
2: Even the phone company was afraid to go near it. Uh,
3: we're we're
4: not afraid, exactly. Phone regulations. It's a private call.
2: The longer it rang, the less it seemed like anyone would ever answer it. But someone was about to try, and Wellsville would never be the same.
1: So, I, I have three episodes, right? I was going to mention it. That was one of them. Yeah, it, so, Big Pete explains it. it. This payphone has rang for the last 27 years. 27 years. <laughs> and, and I love, like, the camera fades off and yeah. you see the pay, payphone. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, yeah. the middle of nowhere. And it's just ringing and ringing and ringing. And uh, Little Pete goes to find out he's going to answer the call. He's going to answer it 27 <laughs> years later. Yeah. Stuff like, uh, before we get to the end of it, but... Like weird stuff like this. It's like, especially at that time, there was nothing on TV like that I mean, to have stories like this of of a payphone that is run for. 20, I mean, just that—that's the strangeness, yeah, um, of this show. Come,
0: but yeah, come to find uh, out, it was a a young uh, a young guy, or at the time, twenty seven years ago, a young guy that had fallen in love with Pete's yeah. mom, who <laughs> had tried to continue to call her from this payphone, who this guy has worked for the phone company because he comes in like comes down in this bucket truck and finally yeah. after after pete answers the call it was for his mom and he finally tells her after 27 years how he's been in love with her and she's like well i'm married to uh what's his name the dad yeah so well, yeah, that was funny yeah oh yeah. uh don wrigley don that's a don name. yeah I'm married yeah. to Don
1: yeah one um, can I mention can I uh, bring up one that I had on my yeah. list yeah
0: mention yeah mention yours I don't have any more on my list but I want to circle back to the first one I talked about for one last thing so yeah go ahead and mention yours
1: okay so uh, one I had was called it dealt with Big Pete. it's called uh, Range Boy and
2: what oh, it was about yes was... once upon a time around here I am one with them all all is one with me. Ah! Way before the Industrial Revolution made it possible for man to swing a graphite composite shaft at a super-compressed fluid core golf ball, there were bears, grizzly bears, or if you want to go by their Latin name, Ursus Horribilis. They roamed this region for thousands of years, scarfing salmon, protecting their cubs, and basically just being bears. There aren't any bears around here anymore. They're extinct. The species that's replaced them goes by the scientific name Dorcas horribilis, or as they're also known, range boys. They roam the region in system 6,000 range mobiles, scooping balls for a whopping $3.50 an hour. They are the lowest life form on the planet. Even amoebas laugh at range boys. I didn't want the job, but unfortunately, the guy who runs the place, my dad, wouldn't take no for an answer. That year alone, he had lost 10 range boys. Some had quit, some had been injured, and some had just lost their mind. As for me, dad hoped the job would help me get to know the business, and maybe bring us a little closer. I saw it as a way to become extinct, just like the grizzly bears that came before
3: me. Big, big Pete yeah. worked at
2: his dad' like driving range,
1: and what it, driving range was was people go that you play golf and you can hit golf balls. And yeah, stuff at this big open field. So, big Pete uh, worked there, and his job was to basically basically retrieve the golf balls in this like golf cart. And his whole like kind of like notion and his whole idea, his like narration in the episode was. Being kind of embarrassed and whatnot about uh, working there for his dad, and yeah. he didn't want people to notice him or see. him. So what he would do while he was driving in that golf cart, he, he wore a bear suit of all <laughs> things. He wore this bear suit so no one could recognize him. Yeah, what was it? Uh, was it was it Ellen? The the girl that she, yeah, dude, she's a girl. Yeah, yeah, his friend, not not yeah. She's the one that kind of convinces him that, hey, because this was kind of a deep episode as well. It's like it don't matter, you know, what it comes down to. It, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It don't matter what how people view you. You are who you are and people see you the way you want them to see you. And it was a real kind of touching Episode. Well, it came to uh,
0: the end, and it was like everybody had turned on his dad, Don Wrigley, yeah. and he had to come to save him. And then that's yeah. when he like revealed who he was under the bear seat, right, right. right? So it, right. it did touch, because yeah. that was like, Big Pete was always insecure about everything, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. Little Pete was extremely secure in who he was. But again, it was pretty like, pretty like as we get older pretty. and transition into being teenagers and and whatnot you do start to get that insecurity and a lot of that carries on throughout your whole life it's like yeah you worry about appearance or about whatever you're doing you always want to just kind of fit in and it's
1: people what people think and worry about what other
0: people are thinking yeah totally and it was like it was always that dynamic in these shows too little pete not caring what anybody thought big pete always concerned and worried about what other people were thinking or what he was doing
3: yeah it was a
1: great
0: contrast
1: um I've got, so, um, I've got two more. One, I'll wait till, I don't know, I can't believe you haven't mentioned it yet, because it's like the first that first King episode. of the Road,
0: oh, I was going to mention, I figure that's probably one that's on your list. It is
1: on my list, but we'll, we'll talk about it last. Yeah. I just want to mention this one real quick. This one is just probably my, the, I think the funniest and most out there episode, it was called, I don't know if you remember, it's called
0: Inspector 34. Oh yeah, with the inspection <laughs> of the pants or clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the under the inspect the under underwear underwear so, okay there we go yeah. so <laughs>
1: yeah, the big remember. the big yeah the big brand of the show was that remember it was called Crem. <laughs> everything was crem so instead of fruit of the loom it was called crem of the loom yeah and Pete little Pete always wanted to know who this guy was that inspected his underwear because he would see <laughs> that the, the inspector had this number 34 yeah and it would all all of his underwear would always say inspected by thirty four. So the episode was, like, Little Pete finds out who this guy was, and that's, like, all he does. Like, night and day, he works, like, 24-7 inspecting underwear. So the whole episode is Little Pete is trying to get him, like, out of his shell, out of working all the time, and then to, like, experience life and live every moment, and, like, get out and meet people and talk to people. And so the episode was, like, Little Pete basically converting him from inspecting underwear to living a normal life. It was a really, like... Real out there episode, but it was really, uh, really
0: funny. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely a good, memorable one. But yeah, the one that you're going to mention there, yeah, the first episode, uh, and you can catch all these episodes on YouTube. uh, And we'll talk about maybe a couple releases that had come out that are kind of hard to get, but you can still get them. But yeah, what you're going to find when you search uh, Pete and Pete Adventures of Pete and Pete on YouTube. This is probably the first one that's going to come up because it's the first one of the first season, and that's King yep. of the Road. Every year, our parents decide that it's time for our family to really
2: learn what it means to be a family. That's it. If we were just well, Eskimos, we could all just go it. out and no, harpoon no. a whale Went together. Right but since we're right, Wrigley's, we have to do it the hard way and take a family trip. It's a tribal ritual that means a lot to our dad. All right, bring it on. Well, most of the time, he was just an ordinary dad with ordinary dad powers. But for two weeks every summer during our annual trip to the Hoover Dam, he was something special. Perfect. He was the king, the king of the road. He had earned his crown over the years by being the best on the road in the three major dad driving categories one never asking for directions no matter what two roof stack packing and three the true measure of dad greatness making good time on the road he had asked for plates that spelled out his title a little better but king old Fraud was the best our state could do it wasn't perfect but dad didn't care when you're the king you've got other things to worry about like Gas mileage and hydroplaning, and most importantly, I know a shortcut. Defending your crown.
0: Classic episode of Pete and Pete. Oh my gosh! There's so much. This episode is just, just yeah. Your typical, or should we say, uh, king of the fraud? Yeah, right. King of fraud.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and what I mean, it just makes you like I know, especially for me, it makes me think back about you know, uh, all American families, especially during the summer, take. Uh, and you're a great example too. taking your family. You go on these big uh, trips, whether it's yeah. flying somewhere or a rope. But in this case, this episode was about, yeah, traveling across the country because the plot of the, or the story of this episode was uh, their dad was uh, he considered himself the king of the road. And he would, they were going to go across country to see the Hoover Dam of all places out west. Yeah. And what was great, though, uh. For for me, how I kind of related this was especially you know we didn't take long road trips like they did in the episode, but um, what I related to was just the fact that um, being a fa- be, being a you know, a family going going somewhere during the summer on vacation, it it made you like because you 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 want to you want to experience that, but like uh, like the way that uh, especially the two Pete's, how they because um, his dad he was real like. Especially in this episode, like what did that family that, the, that they're he's trying to be is well, because what I love, like probably one of my favorite parts of it is the scene where they stack up, like, oh my gosh, what they took all of their um, all <laughs> their luggage, right? however all high luggage, they
0: can stack it, is yeah, the, every, yeah, like, yeah,
1: it was like a competition, the and like, yeah, they no, strip wait.
0: clothes off and have like their shoes and all <laughs> their stuff is stacked as high as they can get it,
1: yeah, like just. Like over the top stuff like that, like you you,
0: you don't see that like no. in,
1: in, day to day and whatever. But but that's what I loved about it. like it was just just out. I mean, just over the top. Like it was just so like oh uh, man, tomfoolery. Like it was just such great comedy. And yeah. Um. But yeah, the uh yeah, did you want to bring up the um what you yeah said so the king of the... King, more like King, King of fraud. fraud.
0: Yeah, they were on this. Yeah. yeah, so it's like the license plate was the big thing. So yeah. King of Road was take or King O Road or something like that was taken. So Pete's dad, Don, they're like Station Wagon, because it was Station Wagon versus Station Wagon had both had uh license plates on these and the only one that he could get that was close to king of road was king o fraud so <laughs> yeah. yeah that and and they pull up and the people that they're in competition with as they're on their journey they pull up next to him while they're taking this picnic break and his license plate was king o road so it was like this battle to try to try to get that license plate from the guy too.
1: Like what I loved too about this episode and especially this episode, like Little Pete and Big Pete, like they really didn't want to go on a trip and like yeah. like they thought they thought their dad was kinda of like lame for to want to take a summer trip. But when it came like push to shove, when they realized like yeah, their they, dad wanted to be number one, like they, they were there for him. That's what I kinda yeah. liked about the relationship. Like they didn't agree with it, but they were there with
0: him at the end. Like they, they wanted him to be the king you know yeah yeah so it's a good one so yeah those are several good episodes one thing that you mentioned uh like branding stuff in all of these episodes it was Kreb. Like a or bunch cow. of different Creb X Scouts Kreb Store 24 Creb Gate Toothpaste All these kinds of different yeah. uh, Weird named stuff That they had In Something like Creb Star too it, it, Just crazy things like that But I wanted to mention The music That
3: made in
0: because that was one thing that I I touched on earlier. Well yeah. Uh, it's probably because, the most, icon- most iconic thing in the show. Yeah, yeah, but even even music cameos that had been kind of part of the show. I know a few just to name a few uh, David Johansson from the New York Dolls, Iggy Pop, Michael Stripe from R.E.M. was made a guest appearance on an episode. Debbie Harry, Blondie, uh, Gordon Gano uh, from the Violent Themes. But the music that kind of... Because it was a unique uh, intro, like a theme song for the opening of the episode, and it was by the band Polaris. And they actually cut a... A vinyl record uh, a few years ago on um, on vi- like uh, record store day for yeah. Pete, Pete and Pete, and it had a whole list of songs that was music that was part of the show. So like they did um, a partnership or a contract, or I don't know how it worked out or how their what their relationship was with uh, the creators of Pete and Pete, but it was like so iconic, and I think that is. Yeah. What makes Pete and Pete great too was the music that was in it, and a lot of it being uh, provided by this well, band Polaris.
1: Yeah. For me, the music and the, and the sound of the show Adventures of Pete and Pete, uh, that song "Hey Sandy." I mean, for me, I think it defined that decade of the '90s. When I when I hear that intro to Adventures of Pete and Pete, and especially the imagery, like when that show opens, the band is playing that song in the right. front yard yeah. of Riggers' house. Like you don't see that on the other show. Like the band is playing that song as you're hearing it in their front yard. Like, and then you see images of their dad mowing the yard, and it just for me it just screams like small town Americana. And but it's just yeah, that that song, that imagery, like for me, especially Pete and Pete, it's it it sums up the '90s for me. Like when I think of '90s, that those two brothers, they come to my mind. It instantly.
0: So, like, and- yeah, so for me as well, which is why I've watched them on YouTube but also have purchased the physical copies of what we can get because, you know, we are physical media collectors. And you can actually get these on a Nickelodeon Rewind Collection, but you can only get Season 1 and Season 2. And I think we've got to make the plea, Ryan, for yeah. somebody to pick up season three and release it because it was supposed to come out in 2006 as a third uh the third collection so the final season on dvd but it never came out so what i would make the plea for is a collection of all three seasons on a blu-ray collection from somebody out there that's listening so i know we partner with some I know we partner with some good studios and movie providers, and let's try to make this happen. Let's get Pete and the adventures of Pete and Pete seasons one through three on Blu-ray collection release, or at least let's get that third season out there on a DVD to complete the collection. So you can find these, uh, Some places, they're a little pricey, um, but I do know that there are uh, individuals out there that are still selling these, not necessarily in the store. I think if you look at Amazon, they're pretty costly. But if you go uh, the eBay route, I know there's uh, individuals that still have these out there that you can get your hands on that you don't have to pay as much. So I would highly recommend getting them.
1: Yeah. So um, with having thousands and thousands of fans out there like us, I really believe that, yeah, someday in the future, there will be a boutique label that would be willing to, uh, pick up these distribution rights. Because like you had said, yeah, the final season that there was some sort of issue, uh, cause I think it was under, uh, at the time, I believe it was, it was either, I think it was Paramount that helped put out those Nickelodeon rewind collections. And then, and then, yeah, after Oh five, after those first two seasons, we didn't see it season 3 and then there was a lot of shows that that, that fell off their like release like lineup so
0: yeah and i, I think, think you is, can stream them on paramount, paramount that now that you mentioned that i think they're on streaming for yeah. paramount plus i believe yeah um but yes i agree it, i mean we're seeing uh, we've seen tons and tons of nickelodeon shows that have been released and that in yeah. complete collections and this is one that has still not been completed yet so Yes, it would and it be has, very nice to see that happen.
1: Speaking of Nickelodeon, with all, uh, the countless of shows that came out in the 90s, from all the cartoons of Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats, Doug, yes, uh, Hey Arnold, Cat Dog, and then uh, All Real Monsters, and even Ren and Stimpy. And then you sprinkled in a lot of these um, hey, kind of sitcom shows. Yeah, Hey Dude, Salute Your Shorts. Yep. We've seen uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Keenan and Kel, all that. But the show that I think stands... Uh, above them all is uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete. And I'm kind of glad, though, I, I really want to say that I'm kind of glad that it was short lived, that it, we only have three seasons um, and 30, 30 some episodes because it was really it was like a flash in a pan. I was here and gone. Like, there's a lot of shows I saw out there that kind of overstay their welcome. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could think of shows that yeah. ran, you know, it ran maybe. Too many too many seasons, too long. There's shows out there that ran 10, 11, 12, 13 seasons, which is just crazy. But I think Pete and Pete, I think the reason why it's cherished so much, especially by us and remembered so well, is because it did. It, it has just a handful of episodes, 34 episodes total. And we can go back and if. If we have a physical copy, go back and, and enjoy these episodes over and over again because there's they're just a handful of seasons out there. So yeah, I think it helps It helps the nostalgia of it being uh, that short-lived. Now, I know – so I – because you mentioned you have season one and two on DVD. I, I used to have season one on DVD. I don't know what I'd done with it, but I've always had a bootleg of oh, P so yeah. ripped – ripped from like vhs tapes so i and i watched them over and over but i would one day would love to own a whole complete collection uh physical copy of that show because it is it's something to really not only to watch and enjoy but just to just cherish and it just really brings back just so many memories it's probably the only thing that i probably watch that brings back the most memories for me
3: it's your day and your night Nick is Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Guaranteed to turn your viewing into action viewing. Woo-hoo! Nick stays up late every Saturday to bring your favorite shows on your favorite night. Wow, what's that? Hey, look, it's on. It's time for six. Let's Nick transform your Saturday night every Saturday night at 8, 7 Central, only on Nickelodeon.
0: So, last day of summer back to the episode that i kind of started with what did you do when you came up on the last day of summer what was going through your head as a kid when summer came to an end yeah
1: so this was like uh man i was i'll tell you what probably the one thing that sticks out the most because i know um being going back to school uh first day like i I think how i felt the last day of summer i felt so nervous because i know for me going into like a new grade like i I know the kids are the same kids in my grade i i I, because i don't change much especially from our small town we 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 have the same number of kids you know most of the kids in your grade because you just go grade to grade but i was always still so um, it, I, I was obviously sad the summer, summer was ending because I loved the summer growing up. Even if I stayed in most day, most days and, wa- uh, and watched TV, but yeah. my biggest thing was I was so nervous starting the first days. I was every it didn't matter what grade it was. It could have been the third grade or it could have been sophomore, tenth grade in high school. I was like a nervous wreck starting yeah, change I, of I, routine. I, I, yeah, and I, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of kids felt that way, but yeah. I was just because. Like I wanted to, uh, still like be myself, but like in the back of my mind, I felt like, am I gonna have to change myself? Like, I have to start wearing different stuff, or (laughs) or am I gonna have to not talk to people or talk to new people? Like, I didn't know how to act or how to present myself. So yeah, there was some couple years where I was, uh, I was just a nervous wreck, like out of my mind. Especially my first year going to high school, I was like so scared. And you're right, it's that change. That change. And it doesn't matter whether it's a job or a new place you're living, or you buy a new car, or it's just anything, any kind of change uh, can really affect you. And I'll tell you what, this show, uh, especially with the big P character, when he went through changes, you, I, he, I, he really, you, you really felt what he was feeling at the yeah. at that moment.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was. Uh, yeah, how did you feel? What What did you feel on the last day of summer? Well, I remember on the last days of summer, I like when I would like so the start of summer, I would be like, "Oh, I want to do all this stuff," and like basically yeah. create like this checklist in my head of things that I want to yeah. do now that I've got all summer to do these things, and it was like like going out and doing things. Um, and yeah. I remember when I got to the end of summer. I was like going through and like, oh man, I, I wanted to do this and this. Can I get it like this last day of summer? Can I get all of this stuff I didn't get done squeezed into this last day? And it was like that every single summer. And, and it's kind of like, it felt like a Pete and Pete show running through my mind too. It's like, oh, here we're coming to the end of summer. <laughs> yeah. It's it, I, I got to try to fight it from ending so that I can do all these things that I wanted to do. But Yeah, you know, I think of our summer block party, and it's like we did that. We had a list of things that we wanted to accomplish in this uh, season number two uh, with we're wanting to check off these types of of shows, and, you know, we didn't hit every single thing. I think we hit almost everything that we had tried to plan out for and definitely dropped a lot of bonus extra content, and, you know, it's just flown by. I just feel like little Pete trying to fight it back. No, I want I want our summer block party to stay so we can can, yeah. can keep all of these good episodes coming to y'all, exactly. but you know every good thing has to end. And the fortunate thing is it's only for this summer. We'll be back next yeah. summer, but man, do we got a lot of stuff to look forward to in the fall. So, I don't think we want to I don't think we want to tease any of that here. So, we'll leave you with be checking out the next couple days if you're subscribed you're going to get it right into your feed if you if you're not within the next couple days you're going to be seeing a trailer drop that you're not going to want to miss if you if you liked the trailer to the summer block party which happened seems like yesterday but forever ago you're gonna love this one and if you're in the mood for fall and you're in the mood for the halloween season we've got some stuff in store for you so i think that's it for this episode man we've we've gone on longer than i thought we would on pete and pete but you know the adventures of pete and pete we love so much and i think we're gonna have to do a watch along commentary on an episode or two of Pete and Pete, oh, so I think that'll be that's going to have to be on our checklist of items for one of our uh, special block parties. Maybe that's a maybe that's a winter block party thing that we look to do because what was it? The last episode of season three of Pete and Pete, it was the snow episode, and yeah, that was it's, 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 that it's was the yeah. yep a Saturday that that you were talking about earlier. So be looking forward to that too. But I think that has it for this episode. I think we've covered as much as we can, except for, I should mention, Big Pete, Little Pete, Michael, and Danny actually have their own podcast. So if you're interested (laughs) in learning more about those guys, uh, there are a couple really... Really cool, solid guys out there doing a, the podcast thing too. And I know, I know, Danny uh, Tamborelli has been on other podcasts as a special guest. So, anything in closing, Ryan, that you want to talk about with their podcast that they do?
1: Yeah, just uh, yeah. They I've listened to quite it, and they've been doing it for quite a while now. I think since like 2013. It's uh, I think it's Adventures with Yeah, uh, Danny and Mike. They go by their real names on their shows. Uh, the name of their podcast, yeah but they kind of yeah after pete and pete they um i know danny did a little bit more acting in nickelodeon but they kind of um kind of went away they got out of acting a little bit but i think they did yeah they're i think they're doing some great things on their podcast um and they're i mean they're still they're still in kind of in the entertainment business so yeah um but i want to mention though like anyone listening to our show if if this is a TV show that they've never heard of or have never seen, I if it's I reckon, I recommend it more than anything. It's something I think every everybody should at least see an episode of this television show because it truly is. Um, I mean, when you watch it for for me, I, I I I can still watch it, and I just think it's revolutionary. It's just such a oh, such a it's on such a different level. Like it could come out like today. And I'm not saying I want to see a remake or a reboot, but what I'm saying is, it's concepts and it's stories. They could come out today, and it would play. It would play completely fine in this modern era, don't you think so?
0: That's right. As long as as long as they picked a school with a mascot that was a squid, it works. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. It's a good show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, you can check them out on YouTube for sure because it. It's a crazy, kooky, weird, but really kind of deep show at times. so it's fun, very entertaining and it has stood the test of time. Uh, for coming from 90s kids like us and lovers of 80s and 90s, oh man, I, I can't speak highly enough of this Nickelodeon show that I think is the best Nickelodeon show. That they ever done. So, I agree. Go check them out and check us out at all our social media pages. That way you can connect up with us. Let us know what you think of Pete and Pete. Give us uh, give us some in- info on, do you think it's good? I think one thing that, um, I well, listen to a uh, podcast called The Big Orange Couch. They do, like, create your own episodes at times. I think that would be interesting to do, Ryan. Uh, maybe we could yeah, create could- a create a pete adventures of pete and pete episode on a future episode of ours too so yeah yeah, very cool so this was good um we will catch you in the fall we'll be back with our fall season episodes and you're not going to want to miss that for sure so until next time we'll catch you on future episode of electric entertainment peace out